You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord Welcome back to Cross Section. I'm Kevin Jensen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The In Between. We are in Section 8A, the spiritual realm uh, in the time of Jesus. So, the In Between is our Wednesday morning senior adults and friends Bible study topic. We are looking at that in-between realm, the spiritual realm between us and God, the realm of angels, demons, the devil, heavenly and dark powers, and the spirits of the dead as they await resurrection. Uh, in our study today, we'll be looking at the uh, hints of the spiritual realm, appearances of angels especially, in the births of John the Baptist and Jesus. So even though it's not Christmas time, we're going to be studying the story of the birth of Jesus, and especially uh, the interactions between Zechariah and an angel, and between Jesus' mother Mary and an angel. I hope you enjoy the lesson. Thanks for joining us, and let's jump right in. So, today we start uh, the New Testament portion of our study, section 8, the spiritual realm during the time of Jesus. At last, we get to look at uh, what happened during the time of Jesus uh, in regard to the spiritual realm, that in-between realm between us and God, where sometimes we get glimpses of what's there, and a lot of times we just have to um, sort of guess based on the information we have in Scripture. But it's it's fantastic, it's amazing, it's marvelous, it's mysterious, and it's not the point (laughs) also. uh, God is the point, but how God works on our behalf through these things uh, is is really um, amazing and interesting and good for us to think about. Uh, the dangers that are there, because that's the, the realm where the devil is also, and demons, um, dark powers of, of this uh, universe. Um, are there also, we'll read about those, you know, from Paul a little bit, um, down the road a bit. Uh, so we have to, you know, have some sense of what's out there so we can watch out for it, guard against it. Uh, but then also the, uh, the realm of the dead is there. Um, we call them the dead, but to God they're alive, you know. Uh, we talked to... Uh, just a couple weeks ago about uh, how to God death is sleep. Um, in, the, in Daniel 12, it talks about those who fall asleep will be raised, you know, so it's not the end as far as God's concerned. It's, uh, it's just a, uh, it's a pause in terms of our bodily existence, but it's um, uh, not even that in terms of our spiritual existence. Uh, unless it's, you know, unless it really is just kind of a, an unconscious sleep, but I'm, I'm going to argue that I think it's more than that. Um, as we get deeper into the New Testament, we'll see some indications of that. Okay, uh, in the ministry of Jesus, there is a lot of action uh, coming from the in-between realm, the realm of angels and demons and such. We see just almost from the very beginning, well, really from the very beginning of the stories of Jesus, we see angels. Pretty soon at the beginning of his ministry, we see demons and the devil uh, and then those forces, those types of beings um, are pretty frequent in Jesus' ministry. Angels less than you might think, but they're there, especially at the beginning and the end. A um, little bit in between, not much. Uh, but demons and the devil are there a lot. Jesus talks about the, the state of, of um, the deceased. Uh, and so let's look at some of this. Let's jump in right at the beginning of the uh, stories of Jesus. So angels in the births of John the Baptist and Jesus. 
And we'll be looking at Luke and Matthew here because those are the two books that talk about the births of uh, the birth of Jesus, and, and Luke also looks at the birth of John the Baptist. So, right at the beginning of the Gospel of Luke, Luke 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. Never talk back to an angel. Right? If you ever meet an angel, be respectful. Don't talk back. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant, and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. And uh, we'll we'll just keep going into the second story, then we'll go back and talk about them both. So verse 26... In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, 
And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. All right. Very first story in the book of Luke is a story about angels. Well, one angel. And uh, really, of course, it's a story of the uh, prophecies of the birth of Jesus and of the birth of John. Uh, And that's rightly where we put our focus most of the time. But today we'll look more at at the angel. So, uh, first of all, what was this angel's name? Gabriel. Gabriel. Where did we see Gabriel before? Daniel, yeah, not Zechariah, but that's a very good guess. Yeah, Daniel, right. So uh, Daniel um, spoke to, had this angel speak to him. The angel said, My name, I am Gabriel, and, and uh, no, I take it back. Another angel called Gabriel by his name. It's the only time that one angel calls another angel by name, although uh, they mention Michael uh, by name as well. Uh, and so this is the same angel. Now, back in verse 11, uh, when the angel first appears to Zechariah, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Um, if a person uh, says that the angel of the Lord, we talked a lot about who the angel of the Lord is uh, several weeks ago. If a person says the angel of the Lord is, um, is Jesus, uh, then in the Old Testament, if, if, they're, if they're really pretty set on that, I'm not going to argue with them about it too much. Um, one of the reasons that I think it's probably not is uh, Luke uses the same language in uh, the book of Luke and I think also in, in Acts. Um, he calls some angels the angel of the Lord or an angel of the Lord. I don't think he ever says the angel of the Lord, but an angel of the Lord. Um, but Greek doesn't use a, an, the as specifically as English does. They're more flexible with them. So, um, so I don't know that a or the makes, makes a difference. But he just uses the same kind of language as in the Old Testament. And so I don't think he thought that the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament was, was Jesus. But not something I'm going to argue about you know, too strenuously. Uh, in any case, it's an angel you know, belonging to the Lord that appears to Zechariah. And we find out pretty soon it's Gabriel. And he tells Zechariah this wonderful prophecy. Your wife, who's never been able to have a child uh, in her old age, is going to have a son. And he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord, verse 15 says. Um, he's, he's supposed to follow these rules, never take wine or other fermented drink, never, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. Okay, little review here. Uh, can you name for me a couple in the Old Testament who, um, who were old and who had, through angelic message, um, who received a prophecy that they would have a child? Abraham and Sarah, right? So they, this is very similar uh, to, to that story. In fact, I think Luke is telling the story in a way uh, that will help us make the connection, right? Uh, old couple, no children. Now this angel appears, tells them they're going to have a, a son. Um, can you name for me a couple in the Old Testament who did not have a child, uh, but an angel appeared and said, you're going to have a son, and he's not to drink wine or other fermented drink, I think in that case, they even said he's not supposed to eat grapes. Hannah and not Hannah. Not Hannah and Elkanah. Yeah. Samson's Say it again, Richard. Samson's parents. Yes, Samson's parents. Mary Jo, is that what you were saying? Yeah, that's what you were trying to say. 
Uh, yeah, Samson's parents uh, were told that you'll have a son and he's not to take fermented drink, he's not to cut his hair. Um, basically, he'll be a Nazarene, uh, a Nazarite, I'm sorry, Nazarite from birth, so a person dedicated to the Lord from birth. Okay, and uh, this boy who's going to be born, he'll grow up and bring many of the people of Israel to, uh, back to the Lord their God, verse 16. And then verse 17, he'll go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children. That bit about turning the hearts of the parents to their children and the part about uh, coming in the spirit of Elijah. Those are both references to the prophecy of Malachi, uh, who said Elijah would come and he would turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Um, So that's going to be fulfilled. That prophecy of Malachi will be fulfilled in John the Baptist. He's going to get people ready for the Lord. And uh, as Christians, we understand that means uh, getting people ready for Jesus coming. Uh, So Zechariah is a little confused and he asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. And unfortunately, Luke doesn't tell us what his tone was, his voice tone. Uh, You know, when I was a kid, if I said to my mom, I don't want to. um, You know, if I said, I don't want to. I was in trouble, right? Uh, if I said, I don't want to, but you know, then maybe I'm in less trouble. And so I wonder what Zechariah's voice tone was here. So if you ever have an angel appear to you, which I don't anticipate, you know, you might, but may not even know it. You know, but, but if you ever have an angel appear to you and give you a word of prophecy from God, don't talk back, <laughs> you know? It's okay to ask questions, but be respectful. Um, I suspect that there's something, you know, uh, indicating doubt, uh, skepticism in Zechariah's voice. Uh, How can I be sure of this? Is this really going to happen? Am I seeing things here, you know? Uh, And then the angel says, I'm Gabriel, which I think is supposed to mean, you know my name. You've read about me in the book of Daniel. You know your scriptures. That's me. I stand in the presence of God, uh, which I think is to say, you know, you serve in the temple, you're a priest, but I stand in God's presence, all right? You need to be listening to me. Uh, and I have been sent to speak to you, okay? So I have a mission to, I have a job to do, and you're getting in the way of this. Listen to what I have to say to you, because I'm supposed to tell you this. And th- by the way, this is good news. What are you doing being skeptical when I'm trying to give you good news? Right? This is, this is important. And so uh, then Gabriel pronounces a sentence on Zechariah. Now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens. And that's what comes about. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the appointed time, you're going to watch this happen, but you're going to watch it in silence. And so uh, you're, uh, um, you're going to be mute. And, and we think maybe deaf as well. There's indication later in the story that maybe Zechariah was also deaf until, until this came about. So... First question for today. Can angels punish people? Okay. They can do anything God directs them to do. Might God ever direct them to punish a person? Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Yeah. Pinnacle example there. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so God, God has at times, as we've seen reading through the scriptures, um, God has at times directed angels to punish human beings. Now here the punishment is gentle. You know, this is a godly man. He just had a bad moment. He got caught off guard. He's probably excited about getting to go into the temple and offer this 
um, offering to God. It may have been a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Um, There were thousands of priests, and only so many could go in and offer this kind of offering per day. Um, And so their names were chosen by Lot, and his name got chosen. He's probably thrilled. might be his first time. He might be nervous. He goes in, and there's an angel there. That wasn't what he was expecting. So he gets caught off guard, so we can give him a little... Benefit of the doubt there. And yet, uh, the angel says, uh, yeah, okay, you should have known better. You should have known better. Um, The people, when Zechariah comes out, they figure out that he's seen a vision in the temple. And then uh, he completes his service. He he goes home, and and his wife, uh, Elizabeth, becomes pregnant. And she understands that God has done this for her. She's blessed. Um, She's glad. And then Gabriel is, uh, he, you know, he still has work to do. He's still busy. God sends him uh, six months after Elizabeth becomes pregnant. God sends Gabriel to Nazareth to Mary. And the angel has uh, you know, great blessing to speak over her. Greetings, you who are highly favored there in verse 28. The Lord is with you. Boy, if an angel ever said that to you or me, um, that would just make our day. You know, That would be a huge, huge encouragement. Make our life. It would, wouldn't it? It sure would. It'd make our life. Um, if an angel says, You are highly favored, the Lord is with you, you are on the right track. That doesn't mean you're done. Might mean you need to work even harder. You know, keep God uh, pleased. He's going to give you hard work to do. But it's a good, good thing. Uh, Mary is confused, concerned, not sure what's going on in verse 29, but the angel says to her, Do not be afraid. Verse 30, You have found favor with God. Uh, angels often say, first thing, do not be afraid, because they understand that it's kind of scary for us to come into contact with the supernatural. We, we don't, you know, it's beyond nature. It's, it's different from what we're used to. Um, it's beyond what we understand, and so it's scary. And so they often say, do not be afraid. Uh, so the angel Gabriel tells Mary that she will uh, give birth to Jesus, tells her about what Jesus will do. And then Mary has a question, verse 34, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answers her question, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So this is something God will do. It's very unusual. Um, And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, will actually be God's Son. Genetically, I guess if there's, I I don't know how you describe that, but God's going to um, be his his actual uh, father. And the angel tells Mary, if you need confirmation, your relative Elizabeth, we don't know how they were related exactly, but they're connected somehow, uh, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, so you can go check it out, which Mary then does. And she may have been there when John the Baptist was born, because she stays with Elizabeth for about three months, so from six to nine months uh, of pregnancy. And Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be to, uh, to me be fulfilled. And then the angel leaves. Now, why didn't the angel punish Mary? Zechariah asked a question. He got punished. Mary asked a question. I mean, she didn't know how this was going to happen. How come she doesn't get punished? What do you think? She asked in faith. I mean, she's trusting this angel more so than... Sorry. She asked in faith. She's trusting what the angel says. She just doesn't understand how it's Okay. Whereas Zachariah doesn't ask with that same faith. Seems to be an issue of faith. Yeah. Uh, Mary seems to accept the angel at his word, but is confused and trying to figure out 
okay, how is this going to work? She might be asking, do I need to get married to Joseph today? You know, what does God want me to do? Um, Zechariah seems to be more skeptical. Yeah, doubtful. Less faith. Mm-hmm. Anybody else? Well, just Zechariah was in the temple. He, he knew he was in the presence of either the Lord or his messenger. And he asked and he doubted. <laughs> Mary's not asking from a doubting perspective. She's asking, she doesn't understand. It's a confusion problem. Yeah. But she's not doubting that it would happen. Yeah. Zachariah knew who he was talking to, somebody from God. Mm-hmm. And he questioned that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good. Good. He's, like you said, he's right there in the temple. Uh, he's got every advantage. He's offering an offering to God. He's, um, he's got years of experience with God. You know, he's been, been a priest his whole life. Um, and now he's an old man. Uh, Mary is probably a teenager. You know, 15, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Um, she, you know, has not had as long to walk with the Lord. It's funny, though. Kids are often, um, well, often fairly often, uh, more open to new things God wants to do in our lives than we adults are. Uh, partly because they haven't lived as much life. They haven't gotten as skeptical. Uh, partly because the brain is still pretty elastic, you know, it's pretty uh, moldable yet. So they're open to new ideas a little, a little more naturally than we are. Um, partly because we just get stubborn over time, you know. <laughs> uh, Mary, uh, Mary, she's open to this. And... Um, Willing to listen. And Zechariah, it's hard for him to be seen. Although I think he got over that and did fine. Say that again? Why did, Why did God pick old people? Yeah. Like Abraham and Sarah and Zechariah. Why? That's a good question. Why did God pick Abraham and Sarah? Richard knows. Go ahead, Richard. Oh, Richard doesn't know. <laughs> But Zechariah knows I'm a, I'm an old man. I can't do this. This this isn't going to work. He know about Abraham, and he was a priest, and he where he was should have caused him not to doubt as much. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he he should have known about Abraham. He's had a long time to study about Abraham, and he had I'm sure he had as a priest. You know, he knows the scriptures well, probably. Um, he's he has every reason not to doubt. To believe God can do these things. Mary, she's still new to the game. Yeah, she's heard these stories growing up, but she's still young. I think, uh, is they one of the reasons that God chose old couples in those two cases, Abraham and Sarah, and then uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, is uh, to demonstrate that this child is from him. This is not a naturally born child. This is God at work to give Abraham offspring, who will become a great nation, and to bring... Uh, this prophet John into the world, uh, leading the way for Jesus, who comes about six months later. So I, th- I think uh, partly, um, partly because God has a great sense of humor, 
and partly because he wants to he wants it to be widely known that he did this um, that this wasn't just something Zechariah and Elizabeth success you know succeeded in um, having, trying to have a child so my best guess any other thoughts on on this story Samson's parents. Were they older as well? I couldn't remember. She hadn't been able to have children, yeah. So God likes to work through um, uh, couples who have not been able to have a child. Uh, Elkanah and Hannah. Um, Elkanah's other wife had been able to have children, but Hannah had not. And God uh, brought her a, a son and answered her prayers and made him a, a great prophet. You know, Kevin, too, it says that the angel said your petition has been granted. Sounds like he'd been praying about this. Yeah. And when he got an answer, he's like, well, how do I know this is going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And so he did not have the faith he needed if he was praying for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, the angel says, uh, uh, Zechariah has been praying uh, for this. He says, your prayer has been answered. Um, I, I wonder if, uh, if Zechariah maybe had um, kind of given up on that prayer at some point. That God heard it, you know, all those years. God heard that prayer for a child. Uh, but maybe Zechariah, now that he's old, he's given up. You know, it doesn't, the scripture doesn't say that. I just wonder. Um, and uh, now the angel comes and says, remember that, that old prayer? Yeah, God heard that. And now it's granted to you. And, he's, and he goes, uh, yeah, I, that doesn't make any sense. It's too late. How can, you know, how can it possibly be fulfilled now? Or maybe he's just caught by surprise. Maybe he didn't sleep all that night and he got caught by surprise and he's kind of in a grumpy mood and the wrong words come out, you know. <laughs> and then he regrets that for the next nine months. We don't know. Okay. Any other thoughts, questions? Okay. The angels keep coming. Let's go see some more. We'll go a little further uh, this morning before we, before we close up. Uh, going to Matthew now, Matthew 1, starting in verse 18. Uh, Matthew uh, focuses on Joseph as he tells the story of Jesus' birth. Luke focuses more on Mary. And uh, so we get, uh, we get both sides. Turns out Joseph had angelic communication that he received also. So Matthew 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord, there's that phrase again, appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. How did this angel appear to uh, Joseph? In a dream. In a dream, yes. Thank you, Georgia. Yep. 
in a dream, according to verse 20. Uh, he's going to have more such dreams later on. So, uh, so just keep that in mind. So uh, a couple of ways that angels can appear to people. They can appear in person, as they do with, as Gabriel does with Zechariah and then with Mary. They can also appear in dreams. How do they do that? I don't know. God knows how to, uh, I guess, uh, communicate with the, the brain in a way that uh, a person, that allows a person to see an angel in their dream, which is uh, pretty amazing. Okay, so we'll come back to Joseph in a minute. Uh, back to Luke briefly. We'll just look through uh, this story in Luke and then um, another from Matthew and we'll, we'll be done. Luke 2, verse 1, the story of Jesus' birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should, should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in, in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Does it seem a little weird to read that story in June? <laughs> As opposed to, say, December? A wonderful, wonderful story. Uh, one of our favorite things about this story is the angels. You know, the, the angels appear, and there's, there's something beautiful about the angelic appearances here. Uh, that it's, it's not just earth that rejoices over the birth of the Savior. It is also the angels. Well, but I thought, I thought angels can't, you know, angels aren't saved through the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? And yet they care about what goes on on earth. They care about human souls. And they see uh, a blessing in uh, the appearance of Jesus uh, here on, on earth. So in verse 9, an angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And so uh, he brings with him uh, God's glory and he shines uh, there in the night. It must have been terrifying to the uh, shepherds, as verse 9 says, 
because you know their sources of light at night were the moon, the stars, torches, and that's about it. And so to see someone just shining brilliantly like this uh, must have been very frightening. It would be hard to understand what's happening there until the angel communicates with him. And of course, the angel says in verse 10, do not be afraid. He gives them the good news that the uh, Savior is being born, the Messiah, and tells them how they can find him. And then a great company of the heavenly host appears with the first angel. Where is this great company of the heavenly host? Okay, so later on they, they return to heaven, right? Um, verse 15 says they, they leave and go into heaven. Okay. But it said that they appeared with the angel and he was there apparently on the ground or something where the shepherds could see him and the host appeared with him. Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, so we have that song, Angels we have heard on high. And where do we think the angels were when we sing that song? In the song, it sounds like they're up in the sky, but in Luke, it sounds like they're on the ground. So it doesn't make a lot of difference, but it's always good to kind of check our songs against Scripture, make sure what we're singing is matching Scripture. So, yeah, you know, whichever. Richard? Well... Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard people say uh, we know Jesus' birthday was not uh, in December because that's winter time and, and the shepherds are outside. They wouldn't be outside in the winter. But actually, in Israel, they would have been. Um, the climate in Israel is more like the climate in Southern California. And uh, having lived there for several years, my teen years, um, I remember that it's not that cold in the wintertime. I think it, we got down to freezing like three or four times in my six winters there. Six-ish, six or seven winters there. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not, I don't know what month Christ was born yeah. in, but I do know that man has changed the date several times over <laughs> Yeah, and so, uh, uh, you know, we, we really have no information about when the day was that Jesus was born, uh, what time of year it was. Uh, it could have been Christmas Day. It could have been. There's about a 1 in 365 chance that that's the correct day. That's right. <laughs> uh, and if it was, then great. And if it wasn't, then that's fine, too. Um, it's okay for us to pick a day to honor his birth and remember him. That's fine. Um, but if a person says, I'm not comfortable with that, that's okay, too. You know, just... Nothing in Scripture says we have to celebrate Christmas. I had a person tell me when I, you know, I was talking about how some churches celebrate Christmas and others don't. And she said, well, God celebrated his birth. Oh, yeah. All the angels singing and the stars. Yeah. God celebrated it. God did celebrate the birth of Jesus. Yes. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. He sure did. And the angels celebrated God was certainly pleased that his son was born, sent the angels. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things we learn here is angels can't celebrate. Uh, how do they celebrate? They announce the birth to the shepherds and they praise God. Yeah, and that's a great way to celebrate. And we're going to see more about angel celebrations, angelic celebrations, 
Because Jesus will talk about that in Luke 15, that uh, the angels in heaven uh, rejoice over one sinner who repents. Right? They sing. They sing their, their Apparently so. Yeah, they sing. Uh, we certainly see that in Revelation. That even the angels sing to God. Yeah. Yeah. So we have um, oh, a couple of our hymns. I can't think of them right now. Um, talk about uh, singing with the angels. And, uh, you know, that's a real possibility. We might actually get to sing with angels uh, in heaven. And uh, that would be awesome. That would be great. Well, you know, I think, I should say that when I come to services, I feel like I'm praising God when we sing. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm listening and learning. Yes, that's right. That's what it's for, right? Yep, praising God or otherwise listening and learning. Yep, that's great. Okay, the angels uh, left the shepherds and went to heaven, went, uh, went back into heaven, and then um, uh, we don't hear from them anymore uh, in that scene. Uh, let's go to Matthew 2, 13 to 23, and we'll close up with this passage. This wraps up uh, our look at um, angels in the stories of the births of John and Jesus. So Matthew 2, um, starting in verse 13, is talking about the Magi, the wise men. And it says, When they had gone, so this is right after their visit, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. How did he appear? In a dream, again. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. By the way, this is how we know roughly what year Jesus was born. We can narrow it down to about a, about a two-year period. Uh, Herod died, Herod the Great, this is Herod the Great. He died in 4 BC. That's well documented in historical records. Uh, and so Jesus, we think, was no older than maybe two when he and his family were visited by the Magi and when they fled to Egypt. Um, we think that because, we'll see in a second, Herod uh, has all the little boys, two and under, killed in Bethlehem. Um, so Jesus might have been as old as two. So he was born 4, 5, 6 B.C., somewhere right in there. We don't know exactly, but, but right in there someplace. So verse 16, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and, gave, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets, that he would be called a Nazarene. So uh, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream uh, at least three times, maybe four, uh, when Mary is uh, first found to be pregnant and Joseph 
trying to figure out what to do about that. Then uh, after the Magi visit, and God knows that Herod's going to send troops to kill the baby boys in Bethlehem. And, and so God warns Joseph, get my son out of there and your family go to Egypt. Uh, and so Jesus is taken to Egypt for a few years, um, and then, or probably a couple of years anyway. And then uh, they come back when an angel tells Joseph it's time to come back. Uh, nobody is trying to kill uh, the child anymore, so come on home. And then uh, Joseph has another dream in verse 22. We're not told about an angel there, but it may have been another angelic communication to tell uh, Joseph uh, not to settle in Judea, uh, confirming his fear. Um, don't be where Herod's son Archelaus is. Go further north to an area in Galilee that is ruled by a different um, Roman ruler and a different son of Herod, if I remember correctly, uh, but one that was a lot more stable and uh, less prone to, uh, to try to kill uh, a child like Jesus. So, uh, so we've seen um, an angel appear in person to Zechariah and to Mary, the angel Gabriel, no less. Uh, we've seen an angel punish a person um, for skepticism and lack of faith when he probably should have known better. We've seen an angel be gracious to a young lady who was pretty innocent and maybe didn't know better, but uh, was, was just trying to understand what God wanted her to do. Uh, and we've seen uh, angels celebrate the birth of Jesus, God's son, the Messiah, uh, and give an announcement of Jesus' birth to shepherds. And then uh, this angel appears to Joseph a couple more times and, and in, in dreams and guides him to do what uh, God wants him to do. Um, you know, if God wants to communicate to you, here's what I want you to do, he knows how to go about that. Um, I've seen people, and I've done it sometimes too, just stew and stew over, what does God want me to do? I wish he'd tell me what he wants me to do. And uh, I think sometimes he is telling you, and we just don't want to hear it. And I'm sure that's been true with me sometimes. I know my dad has, uh, as part of his life story too, as he tells it now. Um, but sometimes, you know, God is very active and very intentional in how he communicates to us to make sure we, we get where he wants us to go. And he was especially so with Joseph, who was in this really unique, well, and Mary too, who were both in very unique roles uh, called to raise the Son of God. You know, and God was, was very involved in their lives in those early years to guide them and make sure Jesus was safe and to make sure they knew uh, what their calling was from God. Okay, any, any thoughts on these? Uh, yeah, any thoughts on these uh, stories we've looked at this morning? The angels are kept very busy. Yeah, they are. That's right. That's over ten thousand. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why there are thousands and thousands of angels. Yeah, yeah. And who knows what else they do, right? I mean, this is just like the tip of the iceberg uh, that we see here. This is just a little tiny bit of what angels do, probably. Um, just some of the more prominent events, the ones that were passed down and then written down for us. Probably there's been a lot of things that angels have done that people never saw. You know, or if they saw it, they you know it wasn't written in scripture. Um, so, Mary. When did you say Herod died? Uh, Herod died in in four BC, in four BC, and so Jesus, and he probably was not born before six BC. Um, so, my own chronology of these events would say that John is probably born around or. or uh, the first story we read where the angel appears to Zechariah is probably 7 B.C. 
John's probably born 6 BC, Jesus in 6 or 5 BC, about six months after John. Uh, and then um, we just go from there. Which, if Jesus is maybe 33-ish when he's killed, puts him in around uh, 27 AD, or maybe as late as 30, if you, if you say, well, maybe his ministry lasted longer than just two or three years. We only, we only have uh, information about maybe two or three years, but we, we don't really know how long his ministry was exactly. We know he was around 30 when he started, because Luke tells us that in Luke 3, but uh, we don't know ex- exactly, was he 30, 31, 32? I have fun thinking about these sorts of things, trying to put all the pieces together and get a clearer picture of what happened and when and and how. And I find angels uh, fascinating. We're going to see more of them uh, as we go through the stories of Jesus. Uh, Jesus talks about angels more than we see appearances of angels uh, during his ministry. But but they do appear every once in a while. Uh, And we'll see uh, appearances of demons also. Jesus deals with demons a lot. We'll see the devil uh, next week. And so we'll pick up uh, at the start of Jesus' ministry uh, next week. Mary Jo? What's the agenda for next week? Oh, I'm sorry. Today's the 16th, isn't it? Thank you for reminding me. So next week's the 23rd. We will not have class next week. Uh, so Richard in, in Georgia, um, no class next week. And uh, we'll get word out to, to everybody uh, later this week or early next week. Uh, we have the, uh, the senior trip to Bickleton. So, how many of you are thinking about going on that? Oh, several. Good. Okay. Great. And Georgia, too. Good. Okay. And I am as well. In fact, um, I've got a minivan, nice and cozy. If you need a ride, let me know. Love to take it. My son's going to go as well. He's excited about seeing the birds. He loves bird watching. Um, so, we'll have a good time. Looking forward to it. If you have any questions about that, uh, let me know. Let, let CJ know. Actually, talk to CJ or Mary. They, they, uh, they're organizing it. So, Okay. Any last thoughts before we close up in prayer? All right. Earl, would you lead us in prayer to, to wrap up? And give Sherry just a second. She'll bring the mic over so that Richard and Georgia can hear you.